morning, everybody. Let's worship the Lord. Woo! Put your hands together.
Let's sing this together. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. Yes, come now, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Father, we set our eyes on you this morning. You're the reason why we've come into this house. We've come into this house to bring you praise and to bring you honor. We want you and you nothing else, Lord.
Come on, let's sing this as we surrender this morning in the crushing. And in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making a new wine. And in the sore light, now surrender, you are breaking a new so I yield, so I yield to and to your care for him. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Come on, let's sing, make me. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. Came here with nothing. All you've given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Come on, we sing in the crushing, and in the crushing, and in the pressing. You are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are making new ground. Come on, let's sing that again in the crushing. It's in the crushing, in the pressing. You are making new ground. In the soil, I. Now surrender, you are breaking Yes, you are, you are breaking new ground. Make me, so make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me.
surrender to you here in your presence this morning and we're thankful for your promises that we can hold on to God we open ourselves up everything that we carried into this place God we set it aside God we make room for you to move in our hearts today God shape us mold us use us God to be whatever you want us to be our prayer here in this place this morning. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. And everybody said, come on one more time, everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, who's excited to be in the house of the Lord together today? Man, before we go any further, why don't you step out from your seat and welcome somebody to church today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. What a worship experience we've had so far already. Hey, if you are new to the assembly, welcome. We are so glad you guys are here. I'm Barry. I'm one of the associate pastors here at the assembly, and you have honored us by being here today. In the next few moments as we go through the worship guide, if you'll look at the seat back in front of you, there's a blue Connect card that looks a little bit like this. If you'll just take a few moments and fill that out and place that as the offering bucket passes by, that will allow us to get some great information to you about all the things that are going on here at the assembly. You'll also notice that a black folder is being passed. That's just a regular attender folder. You folks feel free to sign that as that passes by. And now let's look at the worship guide. If you have been coming for a while and you are interested in going deeper, farther, faster into what the assembly is all about, we've got a class just for you. It's a four-week process that we go through. It's called Growth Track. 
And you'll see there in the bulletin that you can get the link there. You can go there and sign up. We're going to start a new round of classes the first Sunday in March. So you'll want to look at that and see if that works for your schedule. But we have a rolling enrollment for that class. So you can come any week and be a part of what's going on in Growth Track here at the South Campus. Uh, go ahead and check that out, though. You don't have to sign up, but if you sign up, that'll allow us to be prepared. And we'd love for you to be a part of that, taking the next step. If you've been coming uh, any length of time, then you've also heard us talk about group life. And so this morning, we have an opportunity to highlight one of the groups that goes on on a Sunday morning. There are anywhere from 9 to 11 groups going on on a Sunday morning at the 9 o'clock hour and the 1045 hour. And we'd love for you to take some time and check that out as a next step as well. And you can see there in your bulletin at theassembly.org slash Sundays, you can get information about all the on-campus groups that are taking place during the services at 9 and 1045. Well, I want to invite the ushers forward. I am so thankful for a God who's faithful to us as we're faithful to him in our giving. Aren't you grateful for a God who provides for all of our needs? Let's give the Lord praise this morning as the ushers come forward. This church's vision is to serve neighbors and nations, and you have been very faithful in your giving and allowed us to move forward in so many of the projects that really make a difference in this community and throughout the world. And it's through your faithful giving that God just allows that to be multiplied for kingdom effectiveness. So this morning, as we continue in our worship and our giving, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I just thank you this morning for this opportunity we have each week to come together and give a portion of what you've blessed us with, God. And Lord, I thank you for the mission of this church to serve neighbors and nations. And I thank you as we give good seed into this good soil, God, that you're going to multiply it over and over again for kingdom effectiveness. And we thank you that you are moving in this community and throughout the world by your power. In Jesus' name, amen. everyone. Isn't it amazing to be in church together in a setting like this? Don't you thank God that we get to come into the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit together? Come on, let's really thank God for that. That's a gift. What a blessing. I know that as we were worshiping, you could just sense God was, was doing work in this place. And just in and of itself that that makes today awesome but he's got us in a process he's been at work he is taking us forward we are making progress this year and we are just three days away from our next family night and I want to give you the strongest encouragement to come don't miss this Wednesday the expectation is that God would just move in his power I want you to be here and we fill this place up with people, both campuses, multi-generations, and then the power of God to be so strong that you won't just leave talking about the preacher. He is one of the best in the world, but I'm telling you his walk with God, he's going to come in here to not just give us a, a sermon that worked somewhere else. He's going to come in here to to join in what God is doing here to open what he thinks is the word of the Lord for us. And if we come with expectation, God is going to be here in just the way we need him the most. He's going to draw us near. He's going to do miracles. I want God to go beyond expectation on Wednesday night. How many of you say, I'm all in, I'll be here 
next family night. Come on. Amen. Amen. So thank you for your heart and your commitment. This was as good as it gets, guys. Thank you for your diligence, your passion, your anointing. It's also great to have Brian back with us. Brian and Sonia, so good. Hey, stand up, let us say welcome home. We love you. Home for them is now Nashville, but it's always good to get them back here every chance that we get. It's a great blessing to be a part of God's family. And you may not see people for months, but when you see them again, you just pick right up where you left off. It's the blessing of God's church. Well, thank this worship team as they leave the stage. They'll be back shortly. Second Kings chapter 6 today. We're going to begin at verse 15. And we're going to allow the Lord just to speak to us all that is within these few verses. God has something for you today. And I want you to be ready to receive it. When the servant of the man of God had got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The day starts. It is sunrise in Dothan. This young man, he comes walking out of his tent only to find that he is completely surrounded by the enemy. That day quickly turns in to the worst day of his life. There is no way to retreat. The enemy has moved in in the dark of night. They are well positioned. And now this young man is up against an overwhelming, hopeless situation. He's helpless to do anything about it. And in just the most honest response, he's like, what do we do now? And and I want you to try to put yourself in his shoes, even though we just kind of read beyond this point. And you've probably heard or read this story many times. So you know how it's going to work out. But start the day with him trying to put aside how it's going to play. All you know is that it's the worst day yet. Now, that's his perspective. Then stepping out of the tent is Elisha. Elisha looks around, and this is not stated in the text. It's implied. The young man says, oh, no, we are surrounded. What are we going to do? Elisha steps out and says, oh, yes, we are surrounded. For the young man, it could not be worse. For the prophet, he's like, this is the best because the enemy 
in the dark of night, they just moved into the very place that allows now the armies of God to completely surround them. So here is Elisha having a totally different day, a totally different experience than the young man. The question for us is, which one are we more like when we wake up to overwhelming challenges? We're like the young man who says, oh no, because all we see is the pressure and the stress of the circumstance. Or we like Elisha, able to still see the activity of God, even though the day has turned to a great challenge. So this young man, he looks at Elisha. He says, what are we going to do? And Elisha doesn't answer that question. Elisha says, let me tell you what we're not going to do. So he says to the young man, don't be afraid. If you woke up today and there is a significant challenge in your life or you're in a season that is very challenging. You're not going to be at your best or think clearly or probably experience the presence of God when you are also overwhelmed with a spirit of fear. So right now in the name of Jesus, if, if a spirit of fear has tried to distract you and defeat you, I pray that off of you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that in this moment, because you won't even be able to hear the rest of this message. You won't be able to receive what God has for you if fear has occupied that place where God wants to make a deposit. So right now, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You can receive peace even now so that your heart can be open and your mind receptive to the word of God, which is a word of breakthrough, a word of victory, a word of overcoming. So you say, here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to be afraid because panic never produces the power of God. Never. And so he moves beyond that point and he prays. And this is so important. He prays for this young man. He could have looked at the young man and said, you look at me. I know that we're going to be okay. You can't see what I see, but because of what I see and what I know, you need to understand everything is going to be okay. That is not what Elisha does. Elisha prays that his eyes will be open so that he can see. It is a deep conviction of mine that we all are people who are not reliant on someone else who has a great walk with God. You need to have the kind of relationship with God where you can see the activity of God, the faithfulness of God, the blessing of God, and hear the promise of God. Here is Elisha who could have said, we're good, we're fine. I knew, I knew the enemy was moving in before they even arrived because the reason they surrounded Elisha is because Elisha, the prophet, had been telling the king of Israel every move that the enemy was about to make. 
So Israel was just having their way against the enemy. I mean, it would be like saying the enemy is approaching 101st and Aspen, so just go there and, and you'll be ready. You can set an ambush. And so that was the kind of lead that Israel had. So this enemy king said, we have a betrayer in our midst that's telling Israel everything we're about to do before we do it. And then they discover they have no betrayer. One among them says, no, it's, it's this prophet Elisha. So they're like, well, then we need to kill him. And so in the dark of night, they move in because Elisha's at Dothan and they surround the city and they are about to take him out. So this is a serious issue. But Elisha could have said, it's okay. Don't you worry. Trust me. I can see what you can't see. I'm thankful for what the Bible shows us here. Elisha wasn't content to tell him about a God who was present. Elisha wanted him to see that God was present. I have this deep conviction and burden for the next generation. And there's a lot of them sitting here and I'll let them represent the next generation that's seated throughout this room. It is not enough for me to say to you, you're going to be okay. It is not enough for me to look at you, Ethan, and say, it's going to work out. I know God is present. It's not enough, Carson, for me to say, it's all right. I know it looks overwhelming, but trust me, you're going to come through. I want to be an encourager, but here's what I want most. I want you to experience God. I want you to know God for yourself. I want you to step out. And when you see that which would be the most overwhelming at the beginning of your day, you also can see God is with me. God is in control and God is faithful. So come on, give God a praise if you, if you feel that in your heart. I don't want this next generation to know about God. I want them to know God. I don't want them to hear about God. I want them to experience God. The God of the Bible is the God in this room. The God of the book of Acts is the God active in your life. I don't want to hear about him. I want to know him. I want to experience him for myself. So Wednesday night, the mandate for us to be present is so that together we can experience God. How many of you would say in your life, often you going through a struggle will trace back those defining moments where God met you in a way that was undeniable, where God met you when you were up against the wall. You didn't know what you were going to do, but God made himself known to you. God made his promise real to you. You experienced God for yourself and you knew you could step out in faith because you knew that God was with you. It wasn't a verse you read. It wasn't some, something that someone else told you. You knew it because God made it real to you. Would you join me in prayer every day from now to Wednesday that we, every one of us, would have an encounter with the glory and the power of God. Amen, church? So he prays. He prays that his eyes will be open. 
He's like, I see it, but you need to see it. He prays that he will see what it, at, at the present time he wasn't seeing. He's praying that he would be able to see that which is invisible. You know, the, the amazing thing about Beethoven and all the music he wrote, and especially the best music that he wrote, he wrote when he was totally deaf. So he never heard the best music he had, uh, that he wrote. But yet he heard it or he couldn't have written it because he heard it at a different level. Elisha, it was seeing something that you can't see, but yet you know it. His prayer for the young man is that he would be able to know what you can't know. That's what Paul prayed. He says, God, help us to know that which passes knowledge. How many of you, let me see your hand if you've been raised in church. That, come on, keep them, I need you to go high on that. Here in the Bible Belt, that's most of us. So today, most of us aren't lacking information. We're not lacking precept. We may not be taking advantage of the gift of truth and precept and the knowledge we know. But what I think is, is the factor is the spirit and the word where the Holy Spirit impacts the word to your life so that it lifts the verse off of the page and you know you're having an encounter with God. He prays that his eyes will be open that he could see. That is my prayer, is that you would see it for yourself. So when he prays for him, the Bible says that his eyes were open. And then the young man looking around, he saw another dimension. He saw a greater reality. He still saw the horses and chariots of the Arameans. But yet he noticed this, and I'll put it up there for you. The presence of problems does not mean the absence of God. The kind of experience I want us to have with God leads to having faith where you can acknowledge the problem, but still keep your faith in God. Where you can say, I have a problem, but I have a greater reality, and that is God is in control. So he's able to see it. When David went to to check on his brothers and ends up fighting Goliath. Notice how David responds to the giant so differently than his brothers. His brothers were looking at how strong Goliath was, looking at Goliath's fighting record. He was the champion of Gath and compared to him, they were no match. David shows up and says, I will fight him and never references that Goliath is a champion. He only talks about the victories of God. Think about that. He's seeing what his brothers weren't seeing. He acknowledged that the giant was there, but he acknowledged the God who had given him the lion and the bear. And the God who gave him victory would give him victory in that situation. You need to talk back to me a little bit today. You need to get this in your heart. It's a, it's, it, this is the game changer right here. There will not be seasons 
where there are no problems. The difference in seasons is if we are also seeing the greater reality. The God who gave us victory will give us victory. The God who gave us the victory in that situation is present in this situation. It's the difference in walking out and saying, oh, no, and walking out and saying, oh, yes. And Elijah saw the enemy, but he saw the greater reality. It's the difference in saying, what are we going to do? And in saying, it's never been better. This has been orchestrated perfectly. Do you trust that God is that kind of conductor of your life? That kind of leader? That kind of good God that will work all things for the good? Not each thing, but all things when they come together. They work together for the good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. You know what I feel in my heart right now? From the very beginning, I felt, I felt, I felt when I walked out here. It, this is a whole different atmosphere than last night and at nine o'clock because you never can recreate the same experience because every environment has its own set of dynamics. And there's a level of fear in this room right now that wasn't in here at nine. Doesn't make you bad. It makes us aware we need to do some, some fighting today. I'm not, I'm not here to just tolerate your life being destroyed by fear. I'm not here to, to see you leave with the same issues of which you came. Who's interested in that? That turns this into some religious ritual where we are just going through the motions. We are here because we believe that the God who was surrounding Elisha is the God who is surrounding this place right now. Come on. We're about to break through. About to break through. When the 12 spies went to check out the land at Moses' command, they came back and 10 of them said, there is no way. Two of them said, this is going to be the best future. It's beyond what we even thought. They both saw the same thing. And why did Joshua and Caleb, when they saw the giants and the fortified cities and one enemy after the other that would have to be confronted, why did they go back and say, we can do it? And when they talked about the enemy, Joshua and Caleb said, they're like bread to us. Like God's going to turn them into nourishment. Like they are the breakfast of champions. Like our adversity, which they are, will just make us better. Will just make us stronger. They will turn into our promotion. And then you have 10 going, there is no way. There were two that saw the greater Reality, oh God, move upon our hearts until we see it for ourselves that you are in control, that you are here, that you are available, that you are able and you are willing. Give him a great praise today. Come on, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. This is how we overcome. Come on, give him a praise. This is how we overcome. This is how we confront the enemy. We're getting there. We're on our way to an experience, even in this room today, even in this place. 
And so here you have Elisha praying so that he's not sharing his testimony. The young man is about to get his own testimony. And when his eyes were open, the young man saw that what Elisha was saying was true. And here it is. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So he still acknowledged that they had a problem, but they put it into context. Let me show it to you. Us, them. Well, did you get that? Because often we flip it and we're preoccupied with the enemy. That's David's brothers. They had made Goliath much stronger than he actually was in their own mind. They had diminished their faith in God to their circumstance. Church, let's not allow our circumstances to change our theology where we reduce God down to the size of our circumstance. No, it's us and them. Your enemy, Satan, is not an opposite equal with God. It's not God over here and the devil over here and they're equal and let's see who wins. The devil was a created angel. He wanted God's place. God ejected him. Yet he turned loose on this world and God sent his son. Jesus went to the cross. He died and rose again and he holds the keys. He is the victor. He is the overcomer and his victory is your victory. His victory is your victory. His victory is your victory. Don't you dare let Satan tell you what he's going to do. He doesn't get to define you. The one who loves you, who purchased you with his own shed blood, is the one who gets to define who you are, what's going on in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're about to preach through this, this challenge of the enemy in this room. Even now, not here to give you three points and a conclusion, wrap it up and let's go home. I'm here to say spirits of fear have to fall in the power of Jesus' name. Young men and women get an experience with God where they know that their faith is anchored in a God who is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, there are some saints in this room and you know what I'm talking about. You know what it is to wake up and think, what am I gonna do? And the next thought is, God is with me and God is for me and God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Can you praise him? Can you praise him? It is not by might, it is not by power, it is by the Spirit, saith the Lord. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Give him a shout today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated for a moment. John has been exiled to Patmos. It would have been easier on him if they had killed him like they killed the other disciples. 
but they put him out there to starve to death. His days could not be worse. The Bible says, Revelation 1, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he saw what you can't see. And it was so real that the Holy Spirit said, now write what you see. And from it, we get the book of Revelation that came out of his worst day. Jesus revealing himself as the one who's in control. Reports had been making their way to John of churches that he had pastored. He was getting reports of how the emperor of Rome was persecuting people and setting himself up as the name given among men and that he was on the throne. And John wrote and said, I've seen the throne and he's not on it. But I'd like to tell you about the one who's on it. His head and hair is white like wool, as white as snow. His voice is the sound of many waters. His eyes are like flames of fire. His feet are like bronze having come from the furnace. There is no one. Oh, and he had a set of keys. And he said to me, he not only revealed himself, he said to me, look at me. I'm the one who was dead. Nobody else can say this. I'm the one who was dead, but I am alive. And here we go. I am alive forever more and I hold the keys of death and hell. I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the author and the finisher. I'm the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Write it down, John. You can see it. Now write it. So others, so others can know when it feels like they're surrounded. They can know they're surrounded by him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being in this room. For marriages that are troubled. For people that don't know what they're going to do next week because of the financial dilemma that you're up against. For people, depression and discouragement has you thinking thoughts you, you didn't ever think would come into your mind. That stuff can be broken. Broken by the power of an almighty God. See him. Watch this. Close your eyes and see. Because you see what you can't see. When the Holy Spirit opens up the eyes of your heart, John writing, he said, like an eye salve that would cause people to see. As the worship team comes back, It's interesting to me, and oh, I'll get this in your heart, that the, when God reveals himself, it's connected to your context. Here's how you can see that in the scripture. When Isaiah writes in chapter 6, verse 1 of his book, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, and I'll stop right there, he was grieving, he was hurting, his concern was the leader, because of death, has left a throne, and there's no voice of direction. 
There's no leader saying, here's where we are and here's where we're going. Lots of uncertainty. But on that day, Isaiah got up and went to church. And when he walked in church, just like John in the spirit on the Lord's day, on that Lord's day, Isaiah, he saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on a throne. What was his dilemma? The earthly throne that had been vacated because of the untimely death of King Uzziah. And so God reveals himself in context because that's what would mean the most to Isaiah. And what happened is it so opened up the heart of Isaiah that he saw angelic hosts declaring the holiness of God. The glory of God flowed into that room until the doorpost began to shake. Isaiah falls on his face and cries out because he realizes the distance between himself and God. And God orders the angels to take coals, place the fire in the soul of Isaiah. And what started out as a day of Isaiah saying, what are we gonna do? Ends up being a day where Isaiah is going, God's on the throne. The nation needs God. Here I am, send me. I'll be a spokesman. I'll carry this gospel. I'll carry your name. Here you have Elisha's servant going, oh no, we're surrounded. He saw horses and he saw chariots. Elisha prays that his eyes would be open. God allows him to see him. He sees horses and chariots, but the chariots were on fire. And fire throughout scripture is always used to represent the power of God so that he could see in his context, hey, I'm surrounded by God, a God of power. Whatever you're going through today, the goodness of God is that he'll show himself to you in undeniable ways. So Ron, how do you get there? For me and my, my story is this, when I didn't know how to process what was going on, when I awakened to days of great uncertainty, the only thing that adjusted my vision was worship. Worship changed the atmosphere. Worship changed the environment of my heart. Worship changed the attitude of my heart. Worship lifted a fixed attention on the circumstance and placed it on the greater reality. Everybody take your hand and put it out like this. Do this with me. Now, as you look at your hand, you also can see a lot of other stuff because you have your depth perception. Now bring your hand in. When you bring your hand in, the more you do, the more all you see is your hand because you are taking away depth perception. What the enemy wants to do is press in the need, the circumstance, until you can't see God, you can't see his past faithfulness, you can't see his word. All you can, you're just consumed and overwhelmed with the problem. And so you're defeated and a spirit of fear has just wrapped itself around you. Today, see the greater reality. How? Start worshiping. 
start rejoicing. We've been worshiping throughout this message, clapping our hands, lifting our voice, orienting our attention, setting our vision on a God who is in control, on a God who is out in front, on a God who will make a way. Come on. On a God who will give us peace, on a God who will set us free, on a God who will be the salvation of our souls. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. The atmosphere is changing. The atmosphere is changing. Come on and celebrate the presence of God with me today. Come on, church. Let's sing it together. And here's the reason. For the Spirit of the Lord is The evidence. The evidence is all The Spirit of the Lord is Yes. The atmosphere is Spirit of fear is broken in Jesus' name. For the spirit of the Lord. Spirit of defeat is broken in Jesus' name. The evidence is all Thank you, Jesus. That the spirit of the Lord. The atmosphere. The atmosphere is for the Spirit of God. For the Spirit of the Lord. The evidence is all God. That the Spirit of the Lord overflow. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love. Your love surrounds Overflow. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love. If right now you need God to open the eyes of your heart like he did for that young man, would you just lift your hand up as high as you can get it? That's me. So that's me. I have come with such a burden for you today. So it may look like you're surrounded, but in fact, you're surrounded by him. And what we've learned today is this is how we fight our battles. I wanted to declare this and if if you need that kind of, of change in your heart as they sing this, I want you to come. 
You may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come if you need prayer today. You may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes. Yes. If it look like I'm That's it. Come on. I'm God's about to do amazing things. If it look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. If it look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh. If it look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Cause this, this is how, how I find my battle. And this, this is how I fight my battle. And this is how I fight my battle. And this is how I fight my battle. Oh, this is how I fight my battle. And this is how I fight my battle. Keep coming. This is how I fight my battle. And this is how I fight This is how I fight. This is how I fight my battle. 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 Now lift your voices with me. You are a mighty God. You are a God who is in control. You are a God who is giving us victory because you have won the victory. And so we step into this this presence that is like putting on praise for a spirit that's been heavy. It's putting on hope where there's been hopelessness. It's putting on a sense of great expectation where there's been nothing but discouragement. We've been limited in our focus. All we've seen is the overwhelming problem. But today, we see the greater reality. And we praise you with hands lifted. Let's just praise. Just worship him for his greatness. Worship him. Worship him. Something happens when you turn your heart and worship to God. We worship you. We worship you. We lift our heart to you. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Man, God is moving in this place. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Start to see 
what God is showing you. See, it's not the way it's looked. There's a greater reality. There's more to the story. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now, God, would you give surpassing peace, peace. Empowerment to persevere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is like drinking from a fountain, and you are receiving what the Lord has for you. I'm receiving what he has for me. He's working in this place. somebody here you just you have worry you've almost worried to the point of being sick you're turning that into worship today you're turning that into worship do that worship worship declare the name of Jesus in this place worship him out of your testimony of salvation Thank you, Lord. Rehearse God's faithfulness in the past. The God who will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel to do this. Everybody just look up this way, if you will. It's in Exodus 17. Joshua's in the valley. He's fighting but he, he starts being pushed back by the enemy. And Moses gets his hands up in prayer and in worship. And as Moses was in this position, Joshua prevailed. So I ask you, where was the victory won? The victory was when the supernatural came into the natural. How did the supernatural come into the natural? Hands up. And, when, and Moses got so tired that his hands would fall down and then Joshua started losing. So Aaron and her, they came and they said, we'll hold your hands up. And as they got his hands back, hands up, come on everybody, got his hands up and Joshua prevailed. Let's go hands up right now. This is how I fight. This is how I fight, hands up. This is how I fight. This is how I fight my This is how we fight. And this is how I fight my battles. 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 With all of your heart. This is how I fight my It may look. It may look like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. 
Let's go. This is how Let's I fight go. my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how Oh, there's a shout of victory in this house. Come on, I've never heard it like this before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, God's taking us to a new place. He's taking us to a new place. Let's cherish this. Let's honor this, Lord. We, we are desperate for you. We are desperate for you, Lord. We are desperate for you. Thank you that every person in this room is realizing this is an encounter with God, the living God. Every person, every age, everybody knows this is the activity of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for manifesting your presence and your power. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I pray that as we leave, that we're going to leave in this mentality. We're going to leave in, in this victory. And anytime it's threatened, we're just going to put our hands up in worship. And we're going to return on Wednesday night. And I believe that you are going to surprise us. It's going to be so awesome. It's going to be one of your surprises. And so, Lord, we just set our hearts to that. Every one of us, we're going to invite people because if people can be in your presence, 
That's where the chains fall off. If we can be in your presence, that's where all of the issues have to submit because there is nothing that compares. Hallelujah. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 I I need to say this to somebody. That doctor's report is not the final word. Somebody needs to hear that. The doctor's report is not the final word. In Jesus' name. Love you. Love you. Have a great afternoon.